0: Used to bite my tongue Ouch. and hold my breath <gasps> Scared to rock the boat and make a mess So I sat quietly Shh. Agree politely yes. I guess that I forgot I had a choice huh? I let you push me past the breaking point yes. I stood for nothing Nope. So I fell for everything oh, shucks. Held me down, mm-hmm. but I got up Get off me. Already brushing off the dust what? You hear my voice, uh-huh. you hear that sound Yeah like thunder, gonna shake the ground. You held me down, but I got up. Get off me! Get ready, cause I've had, enough. I've had enough. i see it all, I see it now. Yes! I got the eye of the tiger, King a fighter. What? Dancing through the fire. Cause I am a champion. Here. And you're gonna hear me roar. Louder than a line cause I am a champion and you're gonna hear me Uh 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 oh
1: Anna, we're sorry. We always like to save the going for it's for the really important guests. <laughs> we like to push it, you know. We like to go for it, just like she did. And so, uh, welcome everybody. Uh, you know where you're at. It's Thoughts that rock. It's your favorite podcast. Is it? Is it still? You know what I like to say, Jim. We're the spanks of leadership nuggets. Because we like to cram a whole bunch
2: (laughs) into a very tight space. I have a feeling we're going to be apologizing to Anna quite a bit. Today's episode is brought to
1: you by Spanx Leadership Nuggets. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to wait. It's it's the next line they're coming out with.
2: Hey, listen, just a quick reminder. Whatever format, you're listening to the show right now. It could be on anything. It could be on CastBox. Yep. Maybe on Overcast. Maybe Google Podcasts. Our favorite Apple Podcasts. Doesn't matter. Yep. We speak and say, wh- speak and say, whatever. Meh. Take a moment, Hello. do us a favor. If, if ah, you at all rock. are a fan of what you hear, just give us a rating. You know, ju- just take a moment to put down a rating. We prefer
1: the number. Is that five? Is it not too hard to ask? That, that's something. It? You know, we've been gi- we've given you everything. Everything I have, I have poured my life out.
0: Everything we've given you everything, and all we ask for is a simple five.
2: And some narrative right after that <laughs> <laughs> and a review would be something cool like too.
1: amazing great would be cool love it one word leadership spank doesn't take but Whatever.
2: a couple seconds that's it that would be fantastic and then that's right that helps people put eyeballs on the show when that happens we can give more to Cannonball. our awesome they, they, these guys are so fantastic listen you're taking away from them if you don't give us a review that's how <laughs> i look at back to you Brian. i'm sorry <laughs> yeah i'm sorry Wow. We're guilting them into The gift. guilt bomb just went off in this room. They don't even have room. to give any money. That's the thing. I, can just go, who are you talking are to? You guys are amazing and done. I I, I know. I'm, I'm not talking to you. I'm you're not talking, talking to me. I'm talking to the audience. Are you talking to me? I'm not talking to okay. you. Okay. I mean, I am talking to you because you're my co-host. maybe,
1: maybe after you're done giving us a five and saying how amazing the show is, you could go to CannonballKidsCancer.org and check out what they do. They are an amazing organization. Yep. Uh, That helps families who've been told they've run out of options for their children battling pediatric cancer. And what they do is they go out and either find a trial or fund a trial uh, to try to extend uh, extend the, the life of these children that are battling and so as if you know our story at all you know that's near and dear to our hearts and uh, we would just love it if you would go check them out support them with everything you've got you want to stroke them a check for a million dollars make it two million and mm-hmm. it's cannonballkidscancer.org
2: and listen we know how busy you are too you got a lot of stuff happening in your life i'm
1: so busy jim and
2: just you know again you think i'm talking directly to you oh, i'm, sitting I'm a sorry costume, but stop looking at me there are Other people that are listening right now, you—the the the proverbial other than Brent—you is who I'm talking to. You guys have a lot going on, and it doesn't really matter what you're doing. I just know that trying to step away and do a little bit of personal development—that stuff is pretty important. Listen. We just want to make sure that you can and uh, find a little bit of these leadership nuggets in your life, which is why it doesn't really matter what you're right now doing. You nope. could be stuck on the DEO website. What? Maybe you're having tea and biscuits on your patio. Oh, I like the tea. Or you're picking up seashells in Myrtle Beach. Doesn't really matter to us. We butt. just want to be the 30 to 40 minutes that you've been looking forward to all week. All week. Check this out.
0: Let's do it. <laughs>
2: Ah oh, man, our guest today I'm so is on- <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I thought you were saying, Oh, here we go, start over. No, I'm really excited. <laughs> our guest today is Anna Escamani who, among other things, is a nonprofit professional. She's an organizer. She's a writer. She's a self proclaimed feminist. And is currently the representative for Florida State House District 47. Whoop, whoop. We are so thrilled, Anna. Welcome to Thoughts That Rock.
3: Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's awesome to be here.
2: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for taking time. We know how extremely busy you are, and I hope we talk about some of the things that you're doing right now. And we will absolutely have Anna's full bio posted in the show notes. But just a few cool highlights. We thought we would throw out there. First off. Brant and I are here in Central Florida, and Anna is an Orlando native, so we're happy about that. And she's currently working on her PhD at UCF, studying public affairs. She has a proven track record in building consensus while fighting unapologetically for progressive values. She was the senior director of public affairs and communications for Planned Parenthood of Southwest and Central Florida. And in November 2018, Very excited. She was elected to office as the first Iranian-American elected to any public office in Florida. And we're just so thrilled because she's fought for a lot of big issues that are going on right now. Just truly, we think, lighting up the state and really the nation. I think because of just the tireless work that she's doing with COVID-19 and the outbreak and focusing more on testing and ensuring hundreds of thousands of people are receiving unemployment and small business relief, She's a true warrior for hardworking employees and families. And really, have we set her up enough? You know, can I just
1: say it's so nice (laughs) to read about a public leader and not go with, oh, uh, let's see. She has put her foot in her mouth about eight times in the last 36 (laughs) minutes. Yes. Uh, She's filed bankruptcy. She's played some golf. She has, uh, you know, it's just an endless thing to see actually what is possible. Thank you so much, Anna, for being here with us. Thank you.
3: Thank you. For the record, I'm also really bad at golf.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there, you probably have a saving grace. That's right. We love that.
2: (laughs) So uh, we're, we're going to avoid the, uh, the long traditional interview format. I pretty much read off all the awesome stuff in the, in the bio, but we want to jump right to the heart of the matter and get to these great pieces of advice that our audience really looks forward to. So Ana, the floor is open. We're going to leave it to you. What is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock number one. Those who think they know everything
3: know nothing.
1: Ooh. Well, I don't know that there's a more perfect time right now than for this thought. Can you unpack that a little bit for us?
3: For sure. This actually comes from my mom, who folks might know passed away when I was 13 years old. So, you know, it's funny because when you think about like words that rock and moments that really stick with you, like, for me, you know, a lot of that sage advice came at a very young age, and I only had 13 years with my mom to get it, to get what I could mm. from her and with her. Mm. Um, and so it, it sticks to me as being, you know, very sentimental. But the the phrase itself, I mean, it's it it, it speaks to this notion that none of us is going to know everything, and that's why it's so important that we're self-reflective, that we ask questions, that we challenge ourselves, um, and also surround yourself with folks that... No, no more than you right and mm-hmm. it's not something to be embarrassed about or ashamed about but it's a reminder that we all build power together and so you know my my success doesn't have to be tied to your failure like we can all be successful together and and that's all what kind of resonates in in these very few words for me. So
1: good. Well, I, you know, I think that this should be one of the required uh, thoughts for anybody who is serving publicly. It's this, (laughs) this idea that you are at least entering into every situation with an open mind and an open heart to, to know that they're, And this is this is the struggle that we're facing right now. Right. Is this idea that um, there's this narrative uh, that is coming from from our black brothers and sisters that is largely going unheard um, and has been for a very long time. And uh, we have built this other sort of narrative as to what our lives are like, which are not the same and we don't face the same challenges and we don't understand what it's like to live, um, in the, in the state of the world that they do. And so it's this, it's very important to understand that, um, we don't know everything. Um, and if you think you do, you're really setting yourselves up for failure. And, And I think that that is what we are seeing with a lot of people who don't understand the current situation. How do you think that 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 your thought really applies to some of those racial tensions we're seeing right now.
3: I, I agree wholeheartedly. And and you know, this these words, we've heard them in different formations from philosophers, you know, from, from writers, and you know, in my case, from my mom. And my mom was an immigrant to this country. So how humbling to, for for folks to admit they don't know everything and to ask for help. I think that's such a humbling moment that so many politicians especially don't do. And if anything, it's almost seen as a weakness if a politician or, you know, an average person asks for help, right? Like it's almost seen as as something you should be embarrassed and shamed about. Um, but again, to be reminded that, like, I don't live in your shoes. I yeah. don't know. I, I can't, I can't even imagine, you know, what it's like to, to live and breathe in your everyday environment, but we can, we can damn well ask and try, yeah, right. Yeah. And, and try to empathize and not, not take up the room, but show up in the room. Right. And listen. And I give so much kudos to many of my friends, um, who, who are stepping back and listening right now, yeah, you know, before making assumptions or, or, or drawing judgment.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I think it's, well, first of all, uh, I love the fact that, that, your voice is, is even struggling right now because <laughs> you've been out protesting for, <laughs> for days, yeah. which, which I, we, we love that about you. And, you know, last night I was watching, uh, Conan, uh, at 11 o'clock and he had Van Jones on. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that they talked about that Van was talking about was that the really troubling sort of factor right now is that you know they're raising their children in their house and they've always had this sort of explanation of if something like this ever happens you yes sir and it's yes ma'am and it's don't cause any problems and it's put your hands behind your back and it's don't speak out of turn and it's don't this and you they've taught everything to do to do it right so that you don't get right. hurt and, right. and what we just witnessed with George Floyd is is somebody trying to do everything right, saying all the right things and, and it being ignored and and to watch that play out right in front of our eyes where all the great advice that they've been giving their children for years was moot. Right. Um,
3: Completely moot. And something else too is that class doesn't even seem to matter, right? Like there's right. so much data out there that says, you know, even if you are... Um, a an African American male who you know is of means or is middle class, like does it doesn't doesn't make a difference, right. you know. It's like, right. he, and we saw that in Central Park with Amy Cooper yep. and Christian Cooper, right? Like a, a and to your point, like Mr. Cooper in this situation, like he did everything that he was taught to do. Generations yeah. of 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 black families, like in, you know, teaching these type of. Um, prevention tactics and it didn't work for him and this is in central park park in broad daylight right yeah, yeah. so yeah i mean like whew, serious issues to unpack and a lot of listening for all of us to do how, how
2: do you you know in central florida i was just watching uh some news clips that were really singling out the orlando police chief and i think the sheriff as well that right. were some of the first ones that were starting to take a knee and pray with some of the protesters. And, you know, we've right. obviously had a little bit of damage here in central Florida, not as much as some of the bigger, you know, the the more dense cities, but maybe looking at your thought, how would you say right now that people could come to this conclusion? I mean, for sure, there's a lot of emotions involved, but right. how can and- we get across to to whatever side somebody is on? How can they come to that knowledge as whatever their perception is, even if they're completely and totally wrong on the other side's opinion, how can we get to this point that they really know nothing? They really need to somehow step back and see the other's perspective.
3: Right, right. I mean, two quick reactions, right? So, so I I was not at Sunday's protest where we saw that moment happen. Um, And I will say it was it was uh, uh, many of the protesters asking the sheriff and the chief who were talking to people in, yeah. in the front, um, you know, to to take a knee and to, to, to take that moment. And it was it was pretty I mean, as someone observing it, you know, it seemed very significant. But I will say that if there's no policy attached to that moment, right. then it just becomes a photo op. Right. And even for the leaders that I I have had the opportunity to work alongside. I'm in constant communication with, especially right now. Um, You know, I've been encouraging folks, you know, like, please, like, try not to use tear gas. Like, try to find ways to de-escalate that aren't going to create more distrust because that's essentially what took place, right, is that that moment happened, but then maybe an hour later, you know, protesters went to, I think, 408 again um, and, you know, faced tear gas. And we're going to get the body camera footage to see what exactly happened. No one should be throwing anything at anyone, yeah. especially at officers. Yeah. Um, and there should be no looting because I mean, we have a small business in our district that got impacted. You know, it wasn't the protesters, but it was folks taking advantage of the situation. So, so with that said, like I think Orlando is perfect to get this right. Yeah, and yeah. we do have a history of addressing some of these issues, but candidly, we also have a history of. Of, of systematic oppression. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just give a few examples. I mean, one is that we removed um, the Confederate statue that was in downtown Orlando. And that was a, um, a co- collective community effort to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you go to Greenwood Cemetery in, in our district, you know, you can see all these Confederate um, um, graves and, you know, it, it should be in a cemetery, right? In a historical type of environment. Yeah. And, and we don't want to forget this past, but... Also understand the the pain and trauma that can be caused of seeing a a monument to these type of figures, especially in the South. Right. Uh, we've also seen community dialogue facilitated by um, organizations like Peace and Justice Institute at Valencia College, which I serve on the advisory board of, um, and they used to do back in 2016. They would do um, Speak Out Orlando, and they're basically like these coffee conversations with cops and everyday people, you know, to try to like build those bonds before you're out in a community together. Right. But build it, build it, um, in safe and, uh, um, uh, organic environments like that. But at the same time, y'all, like we know that it was just less than a year ago where a six year old black girl was arrested at an Orlando charter school for being yeah. a kid. Right. Oh, yes. And then we also know that, um, Orlando does not have the best rates of, um, the killing of black men at the hand of law enforcement, you know, we're, this is based on, I think it was 2018 data, but we're like one of the top, like 15 cities in the country. You know, we're not the top, but we're in the, we're, we're there. And that's not good. Um, And then even just the concerns around surveillance and, you know, maybe two years ago, Orlando police department like contracted with Amazon for piloting facial recognition technology. You didn't tell the public about it. So that led to a lot of privacy concerns. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like, and and I'll tell you from a state perspective, we have filed reform legislation. You know, I've been in office almost two years, every session we have co-sponsored, we have sponsored criminal justice reform legislation and never moves because in particular, though they are bipartisan in nature, the chief association, the sheriff association, the police unions and the prosecutors tend to be the coalition against reform. So there's there's like systematic issues that need to be completely just, you know, changed 100 percent. And then, of course, there's um, local policy that can be transformational and and again, I, I feel like Orlando is so primed to be that model. Yeah. But we got to, we got to start the dialogue. We got to let directly impacted people have a seat at the table. You know, I was invited to um, a zoom call in our COVID-19 worlds, right? A zoom call mm-hmm. yesterday with, with a collection of faith leaders. And it was, it was diverse, but it was African-American faith leaders. It was Latino. It was, it was white faith leaders. Um, and then, you know, I was just getting there to listen myself and, um, never a meeting in my line, but listened the whole time. And there were moments where, you know, it was it kind of felt like a, a repeat tape was playing. You know, like let's yeah. do a vigil, let's do, and it's like, uh, uh-uh. uh, like yeah. no, y'all gotta go sh- go go to protest and protect the protesters and talk to them, faith leaders, right? Like, yeah. don't just make assumptions about. And it was really compelling because that's what the African American leaders were basically saying, right. compared to the the white faith leaders who were kind of like, oh well, you know. Let's let's go do something, you know, in our church and all this stuff. And it's like, gotta get outside. Like, you gotta get outside. It's so uncomfortable to, you know, do something different and and to even talk about race. But that's 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 why it's so important and, and like to some degree, it's that's why it's so special. Like, yeah. it's special because it's uncomfortable. Yeah, and we have to be okay with that and sit in that. Yeah. So you know, we're 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 like at that cusp and. And I I told those faith leaders when I was invited to be on that call, I said, you know, I'll I'll contribute however y'all think is meaningful, but I really, really urge you to invite directly impacted people. And by that, I mean folks who were formerly incarcerated, Mm -hmm. the loved ones of the incarcerated, Mm -hmm. and of course, folks who have faced police brutality. Like, they should be telling you what to do, right? Not the other way around.
2: I, I think you Well, first off yeah you know, that that's awesome and all of those examples are again happening all over the country and i think
1: right.
2: you know orlando can or central florida can be sort of a model i do see more you know officials that are starting to to take that same approach whether they're being invited or doing it on their own but Absolutely. i hope that i hope you know that that central florida and the state in general can be a model for other states and certainly you know, for for what you're doing, you know, KT, our community manager, refers to you as our unemployment angel. I mean, yes. even in that <laughs> that arena, and you just working tirelessly for people. I think you're sort of the not just the voice of the generation, you're the voice of the state, and I hope that people are listening more to you on. On the things that you hold true to to your heart. But I, I think you're right. I think it's a confluence of events of some things that are going on. It's probably not one thing. I think you said it best with it being systemic. And, you know, this isn't going to be an easy solve, but there's certainly some things that we could immediately start doing to make it easier.
3: Right. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly, and And, I, and I appreciate, you know, the the notion of, you know, my voice being, uh, you know, one that can have an impact. And I'll add to that. I think it's, responsibility of lawmakers like myself who have platforms to help amplify other people's voices just like what you're doing today right like it's so important that we use our platforms each one of us are influencers in our own communities and so like i i have been texting um uh some of my black friends and you know constituents and 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 basically just saying hey if there's something you want us to post online an article you've read or a personal testimony, send it my way and we'll post it, yeah. you know, and just kind of like letting go of, of like control a little bit. Right. And yep. saying like, you got something to say, I got a place where you can say it and, awesome. and let's do it. Let's do it.
1: I think it's, so one of the things Anna, that, that I am struggling when I see sort of everything that's happening right now is, you know, I read something the other day that said the right side is always on this, uh, the side of the, of the oppressed. And um, as I'm sort of looking at that, and and the thing that makes me nervous is there are so many emotions that are sort of out there right now, and so many right. emotional triggers. Um, that it, it, in a way, it reminds me a bit of what we witnessed with the Me Too movement not too long ago, where mm-hmm. some things were brought to light, emotions ran really hot, and we started to see what I like to call lipstick change. Um, it's the knee jerk reaction right. to right. to just let's make some some changes here on the surface. Let's Let's look and see what everyone is screaming for and give it to them to appease them. But but that change is not based in values. It's based right, on right. emotion. And so as much as I love seeing people out protesting and, and raising their voice and standing with each other arm in arm, I love that. But I really feel like there needs to be a call towards going inside ourselves and saying, why do you think this is okay? What are those values that you possess that you can hold on to? Mm -hmm. Because if if we're going to see, long-standing systematic change. It has to be born from values because those are the things that keep us committed mm-hmm. to having these things exist. And when we get so emotionally ramped up, the minute that time passes and washes over and everything starts to calm down, we start to see some of the same issues and all of that change that we hoped for in the Me Too movement, we saw maybe 10% of what needed to happen. And we don't need the same thing with this. We need to actually start to define the things that matter most to us so that we can stay committed to the change that has to exist. And that only happens by taking a look at ourselves and defining those things and using those things as, as the, uh, paths to lending our voice in a way that resonates with us. And it isn't something that we're just Agreeing to or or crying out with everyone else. Yes, it's important. Yes We need to express that that this is unacceptable uh, The situation that we have right now, but if we want to see long-lasting change, we have to get to those values I believe part of the reason you have created this incredible platform and you have so many people who love you and Mm -hmm. want to see you succeed is because you are a values-based leader. And that is the difference and what, and what this country needs more than anything right now is values-based leadership. Not when the oppressed is screaming out to, 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 to threaten them with violence and threaten them with, with military takedown. It needs, To be appealing to their humanity, you want to stop people from attacking each other. Then make them feel like we're all part of the same family, and you'll start to see that we don't want to hurt each other. But absolutely, it's so frustrating. What is your thoughts on how do we get back to values based leadership?
3: Well, my my first reaction goes towards the word safety, right? And you kind of alluded to that too, of just no nobody wants to get hurt or hurt each other. And like each one of us yearn to be safe. Yeah. And 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 if we lead with with that as our main value of creating spaces where everyone is safe. Yeah. And that includes the you know, the context of this scenario, right? I'm talking about not just the the folks that are expressing the impression they have felt for generations, but also their allies, also those that are still, you know, Watching from afar, not knowing how to how to process this, or in some cases, drawing a lot of judgment about this, and then of course, law enforcement, right? Like, one reason why law enforcement are so reactive, you know, these type of cases is that they are numb because they've lost empathy, and because they have been shot at, or or they come from a generations of of folks that were unfortunately. suffered their own poverty, right? Yeah. And and looked at others as scapegoats. I mean yeah. that's very common. You have you have many families that are generations of cops and so they've shared their values of you know of their experiences over the years. So that becomes ingrained in you. And there isn't enough training on on de-escalation compared to training on how to use a firearm. That's mm-hmm. for sure, right? Yeah. You can tell even by the hours that folks in law enforcement have to commit to, to different different layers of their job you can tell where the emphasis is right despite based on the hours and and so so safety for everyone is key and and i and but to the heart of your question of you know how do we bring that back i mean it sounds cliche but elections aren't important (laughs) and 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 we have to remember that's not just the president you know it's state state legislative seats like mine that's right and people you know are, people keep asking me like run for run for Congress those kind of stuff which I really honor and appreciate and I don't know what my future looks like on those directions but I will say is that state races matter state offices matter yep and if you're talking about criminal legal reform whew, then then elections for sheriff's matter yep. elections for judges matter mm-hmm. elections for your state attorney matter and we actually do have a, a big big election. For both the sheriff and the state attorney here in our county and in our circuit, and I encourage folks to you know do research on the Orange County sheriff's race and do research on the Circuit Nine um, state attorney race, which covers Orange and Osceola counties. And because these are the folks that are going to ultimately play either a leading role in reform or play a role of dragging feet, right? So, so you know, and, and talk to those candidates, see those candidates lead with values. If they're just looking for a title or, um, uh, power, then, then put your vote somewhere else. Right. And, yeah, and, and, and so, you know, I'm really emphasizing voter registration vote by mail. And I know at, um, a protest taking place later today, there will be voter registration there. And so, you know, to think about all the ways that you can contribute to help elect people that have values. And, and it, I think vulnerability is something again, yeah. that politicians are, very rare to demonstrate, and and I do I try to do it all the time. And you know, again, another example back to that photo of the sheriff and the chief, you know, taking a knee. Like I actually updated the status of the photo that I posted to say, you know, hey, update later in the day tear gas was used. A lot of folks are upset about that. You know, like just to kind of like let everyone know, like, hey, like, this is nuanced. Yeah, yes, <laughs> like, it is not. It is not like clear, you know, like everything about this is very gray. We got to dive into it together. Well, it goes um, right.
2: It goes right back to your thought. I mean, everybody doesn't know everything, right? If you think that, then you really know nothing. And, you know, when I was a, uh, when I was a newly promoted manager, I was in the restaurant industry the majority of my career. I also worked with KT at Hard Rock and I was just a host Mm -hmm. until I, I got promoted to being a manager. And I just thought, you know what, my leadership skills are probably green. And if I was going to have, you know, I, I was one thing when I was a host trainer, I was probably thinking in my head that I was all that, but you move into a leadership role and it's, it's a Mm -hmm. totally different world. And I thought if I'm going to contribute and have conversations with general managers and directors of operation, I need to continuously strengthen my knowledge base. And, you know, I know for a fact that everybody is smarter than I am at something. I'm always trying to figure out what is it that you're smart I, about. Tell them that I all learn? the time all the time. <laughs> I get beaten up on it it's It's <laughs> tough over here
3: but but it's
2: true you are k t is brand is and I'm trying to figure out what can I do to add more quivers mm. you know more more arrows in my quiver if you will and so I, I think maybe part of the answer to to what you're saying you start with uh, your thought is if if more people just came to. I think the discussion and thought, I don't know everything. I just need to be a little bit more open, which, by the way, probably adds perfectly into our thought, right? Well, it
1: does. And and to be honest with you, I feel like your thought is is what I look for for politicians who are running for office. If they tell me they have all the answers – I immediately Mm. go, I'm not interested. Yeah.
3: Mm. I'm not Mm. interested
1: because how can you possibly have all the answers when you don't even, you're not in the spot yet, right? And it's the same thing I feel like everybody who says, here's what we want to do, here's what I have planned. They get into the position and they go, Oh, wait a minute. I didn't know that I couldn't do this or, oh, wait a minute. I didn't know that that's the process that I had to go through. So all these promises that I made, I can't actually fulfill now because I wasn't even aware of the of the situation that happens when you are actually elected into that role. Um, And so for me, I would much prefer the vulnerability of a politician going, you know what? I have no idea how we're going to handle this right now, but I can promise <laughs> you that I will listen and try to g- gather together the smartest people that I know that Absolutely. I can find to find those answers. And I think that really leads to our thought, which comes from Chris Jemme, uh who is a sort of a modern day poet. Rock? Number two. Who says uh, it's not at all hard to understand a person it's only hard to listen without bias. Yes. Mm. And I, I think that that is, as you sort of said, right at the very top of this is that, you know, you're doing a lot of listening right now. Um, yeah. And I think that that nuanced that we just talked about that we just mentioned is that it's it's one thing to listen. It's another thing to listen without bias. And that right, is right. one <laughs> of the most difficult Uh, things I think we all face right now. And, and how, how are you approaching that? How are you trying to, to keep the, the sort of systematic bias um, at bay from, from doing,
3: I mean, honestly, it it sounds a little funny, but like, I'm hypercritical of myself, (laughs) (laughs) Which, which can put you in a place of just like, you know, in your brain, like going into circles all the time. But I was talking to my sister about this and I, I have a twin sister and she we she's like my rock and and we're very very close and she does a lot of work in in the criminal legal field as well as an advocate so we were talking about this because especially even like you know every each one of us have like our our different groups of friends or groups of communities right and so we're seeing like different reactions in different spaces and um and there's some folks that, you know, are attacking me for different reasons and, and you got to get used to it as a, oh, as yeah. a like, official anyways, but you know, it, it, it forces you to always like be self-aware and to reflect and to be critical. And, and my sister and I were talking about, you know, even just unpacking privilege requires all three of those yeah. things. And unpacking privilege is something where you are critical and it's better that we're critical than completely ignoring it. So I've always, you know, just kind of like, I question even my own, you know, like, intentions about just to make sure, like, okay, like, is, does that make sense? Like, and is that showing up in a positive way? And one example, um, so I was talking to one of my friends um, who, he he is African-American. He's been organizing some different virtual events, and uh, we, we always, like, DM each other, you know, one of those, like, late-night DMs about different political issues, whatever. So I checked in with him. And he sent me this event that was being hosted that was called Sisters in the Movement. It was for like fierce Black women attorneys, you know, kind of doing a, a forum. And I was like, "Oh, that's awesome! I'm gonna amplify that for y'all. We're gonna post and share it." And he was like, "Oh, do you, would you want to speak?" And I was like, "Oh, no, no, no! I don't need to speak. I'm just gonna be there," you know. Yes. And it was so it was so funny because it was like eight, and it's you know there like there's this like. I don't know if it's an assumption or just bad like history, but you know, a politician like always wanting to speak. Yes, right. And like yes. always inserting themselves and like just showing up for the microphone. Right. And I, I have been challenged that since day one. Cause again, like I think as an, as an accomplice, you got to show up, like yeah. don't show up cause you're getting something out of it. Like show up because you're there to listen, learn and, 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 and demonstrate solidarity. And it was, it was so funny too, because, um, you know, during the actual the Zoom happens, like, you know, I'm tuned in, I'm you watching, know, I'm watching. And I was so happy because there were really great attendants. And I could tell some folks came from our Facebook posts. So I was like, yes, you know, like we helped get some new faces in the room. And um, the organizer tried to unmute my mic and asked me if I wanted to speak. And I was and so it was like <laughs> another text. It was another text, right? And I was just like, No, I am here just to listen. Thank you. You know, and I put myself back on mute. And I just felt like the universe was like really like you know <laughs> trying my values. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was so like, and you know, just like like nothing but gratitude, right? And 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 like we need more, we need more folks to do that right no now. Doubt. Yeah. No you doubt. No More folks step back and show up. And if, as a politician, you can do that. You can too, right? And, right. And I also hope that it models it. Like I'm trying to model this behavior for my colleagues, right? Because. Yeah again talking about our different like communities like one of my other communities is a bunch of politicians right that i get thrown into and so i'm like let me just model like you know based on the feedback i'm getting and i always ask for feedback and i i checked in with one of my other friends who is she's like a leading voice in in uh in, in in black spaces here in central florida and i always check in with her whenever there's situations of racial disparities you know whether it's to see who we can amplify from her space or if she wants to add something to it. And, and you know, I checked in with her this morning and, you know, just to make sure I was like, you know, it, it, how am I showing up? Right. So yeah. I think that's a part of it, too, is you know, check in with check in with the folks directly impacted. Right. And and and, and, and read what they're posting and share that and amplify that and, and all that will make a big difference.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've, I think it's, you know, first of all, I think we've been conditioned for politicians for the most part to every time you speak, I expect to hear after you finish. This message was approved by Anna <laughs> right <laughs>
3: you
1: know, right. and so that
3: ask for money or something. Yeah, or exactly,
1: exactly. But the, right. you know, the two things that you've pointed out on this, and, and again, we can't thank you enough. We know how busy you are, and, and in, literally in the middle of these crises, you, you're really uh, your voice is needed, and we are thankful that it is you who is raising that voice. Um, the two things that you bring up all the time are that you keep saying to yourself, "How am I showing up?" Right the the idea that you have the level of (laughs) self-awareness that you do um, is comforting to people like us who you represent our voices yeah Um, and the second thing that you are constantly asking is how can we amplify others that is the thing that's missing from politics all the time because it's pushing an agenda that's typically not the voice of the oppressed and so you are listening to those in need and you are actively amplifying others throughout your platform and I don't know of a, a better way to describe what democracy actually is, and mm, with mm-hmm. this generational prejudice that that you mentioned earlier of just that gets passed on from one generation to the next, and it may maybe they're police officers, maybe they're school teachers, maybe they are right, uh, right. wherever that happens, the democratic process is one of the best ways to battle that generational mm-hmm, prejudice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And un- until we realize it, until we sit there and go we have a voice. And and I love that we are raising our voice in unison to speak out against these atrocities, but we have to keep those voices in unison into the voting booths to actually start to see the change that we need.
3: Absolutely. And it it reminds me of one last thought I'll toss into the space and that's give without expectation. Mm. And that has been one of my mantras for I could say decades, but, you know, I'm 30, so, like, <laughs> yeah. it's not, it's not that many decades, <laughs> but, yeah. it's decades. you know, it's, it's, like, I've always reminded, me, I, I felt that when I was at UCF as a college Democrat, you know, just trying to help my fellow students get registered to vote, and many of them would yell back at me and not want to do it and that kind of stuff, and so, you know, you just kind of remind yourself, you know what, just keep giving, but don't ask for anything in return, right, and, yeah. like, and and these conversations, they don't happen overnight, and if one person shuts you out now, just remember that it's not the one only time you can have that conversation with them. Yeah. You know, like this is transformation work is consistent. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't right. it doesn't happen with a burst of energy or enthusiasm. It takes place because we keep having these conversations with each other and the doors always open and and part of me does say you know i remind folks like it's not the oppressed job to also like fix this, right like we all have a a role to play so don't put all the weight on 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 black folks to correct problems that a lot of white folks were leading facilitators of right like you gotta do it together so you know there's always that reminder too of like we all got to give without expectation and just see what happens and hopefully it inspires more people to do the same.
2: I love that. She gave us two thoughts. She did. She's a value (laughs) add. She is, (laughs) Uh, you know, I was thinking, um, the the one thing that both of you said, and I love this, you know, you, you first listen, but then you're using that platform to amp it up. And, um, the only thing that I would point out is it has to be in that order, right? Because there Mm. certainly are a ton of people that are amping up, you know, they're, They might be screaming at the top of their lungs, no matter, you know, how emotional, how right they are, whatever it is. I think it's that whole point of listening has to happen first, and then you can take it to the next level. And part of this is because I I think it's just ingrained us. We've all, when you think about the types of communication, we have all had really good training and education on writing, on speaking, Mm. right? But we, we don't have any education on listening, and so you almost wow. have to go so to a true. class or read a book or get somebody's mentality or, in your case, be a model. And and because you're the model for people, I think they can start to think, let me – so this sort of connects the two thoughts. Let me just first assume I don't know everything, right? I, I, I don't know everything. I've got to really just sort of sit there and listen. And then you think of um, Chris Jamies thought – it's not hard to understand a person. It's only hard to listen without bias. If you could just somehow Mm. put these two in perspective, really get a clear picture, who knows, you might actually have your mind changed, but at the very least, you're not going to have all the emotional rhetoric that comes with it. But now you can have an honest to goodness conversation, you know, whether it's democratic or whether it's just, Mm -hmm. you have a point of view, but at least it's not, One sided. This is all that I know. So, you know, I guess my my point on that is make sure that you're listening first before you amp it up. But geez, do we need more people like yourself and being the model to to listen? And uh, yeah, we're just so thankful for you.
3: Oh, thanks for the opportunity to spend some time with y'all. This has been quite rejuvenating. Yeah, for us, believe
2: it for for us as well.
3: But I go back to more unemployment issues.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bring it at home again. That's it. Right. I, actually, right, where right. where can people get a hold of you, it? Where can we help put more of a, a spotlight on the things that you're doing in uh, District Forty Seven?
3: Oh man, I mean, come come say hi to us on social media. So we're at Ana for Florida, all spelled out with two ends on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can always send me an email. Um, if you're looking for legislative or constituent support, then uh, definitely email my Florida House email, which is ana.eskamani at myfloridahouse.gov. And we do have, you know, our district office, but we haven't opened it formally back up yet just due to COVID-19. But we're we're checking our voicemails you know multiple times a day and always by the by the email so don't be shy to reach out
2: that's awesome well Brant definitely wants you to run for congress because i think he's running for <laughs> district 47 <laughs> he's getting into <laughs> politics um, yes, No no no. Yes, he was, he was teaching he was preaching nope. today along with you no nope, we nope. gotta
3: build a bench <laughs> yeah we got a
2: yeah no. is there such um, is listen. there a vp of state yeah, house how does that work <laughs>
3: Can you take oh, him Grasshopper just, underneath I your wish, wing? Listen. I, I would wish. No, I we only have a staff of two. Like, they do no, nine. really? Yeah. Staff wow. Of two. And actually Florida, Georgia, they don't even give Georgia lawmakers like money for offices. Like it's so bad. And I mean, every state does it differently, but wow. you know, we have a part-time legislature. So I'm only in Tallahassee four or five months of the year and a staff of two. So we are constantly, you know, we're all wearing multiple hats. Like it's, we're blessed to have an incredible volunteer and intern family, um, that, you know, help manage our capacity. But yeah, we, we, that's, that's a whole other conversation, but just like <laughs> to invest more yeah. in like public systems, you know, to, to address constituent concerns or make unemployment work or make sure old schools are well funded, like pull other bucket of stuff. But it'll it's all tied together
2: just just to make one more shine on on anna's halo she also a lot of people don't know that she donated her salary just to oh. you know just well, just you know makes her
3: <laughs> well, we, we feel so here, inadequate
2: right
0: now
3: i, I will well, I'll, I'll stay here first um one of our constituents donated five thousand dollars to help give it out to people wow so Again, give with that expectation. You don't know who else is going to do the same. So That's we true. haven't announced it yet. But um, I just got the check like in my hand today. But I'm going to do another, you know, social media like request if folks need the support. We still That's have so cool. tons of MNO requests that I, you know. Actually I I reached my weekly giveaway on them now, so they won't let me give anything else. So I'm waiting for that that week to end and, and there's so many pending folks who've seen zero since you know March and April. So so super blessed. We live in a great town, that's for sure. Yeah, we do.
2: We do. We took up a little bit more extra time with you and we know that you're busy. You are fantastic and we can't thank you enough for just spending a little bit of time with absolutely.
3: us. Absolutely. Oh, no, absolutely. I'll be safe.
2: Rockstar. We'll talk to you soon. You bet. Bye bye.
1: Hey, Rockstars, thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah, and if you're interested in having
2: Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, we both used to be exclusively represented by Kepler Speakers. But now it's just me. Brant is on his own. So to hire Brant, good luck getting a hold of him. For me or both of us, contact us directly at
1: thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock on. on!